honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com and also brought to you by the Oddman Media Network. Here are your hosts, Paladino Joey and Marcus the Forecaster. Logan Timberwolves fans, are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awijan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. We're ready to talk Timberwolves basketball yet again, and unfortunately I'm solo again, but eh, you know. I'm still more than capable of doing this show. I do miss Marcus the Forecaster, though, in a big way, and look forward to his return, without a doubt. Well, I went to my first Timberwolves game in a while. Not going to tell you when the last time was. I'm just not going to, because <laughs> I'm naughty, right? Or no, not because I'm naughty, but because I'm mean. Uh, well, the Timberwolves played four games, and, well, they lost all of them. So, here we are. Eleven in a row for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh boy, as I predicted, they lost in Golden State, they got beat pretty bad, all that good stuff, but then I predicted the Wolves to win three games in a row, I must be crazy, but yeah, I picked the Wolves to win three games in a row. It's just, like, what were they thinking? Yeah, 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 thank you, thank you very much, thanks for your kind words, right? No, I'm kidding, yeah, the Wolves lose to Utah, they lose to Sacramento, and they lose to Utah again, sloppy, stupid inexperience, all the above. Some learn, and some don't. (laughs) Some learn, and some don't. And that's the title of today's episode. That's going to kind of be the main theme of things. Not necessarily to come out and be negative, just showing you where things are with the Minnesota Timberwolves today. And just some things I noticed this past week. Okay, we've been noticing them over the course of the season, but... You know, every show you got to have a different theme. You got to focus on certain things here and there, and that's what we're going to talk about right now. This team has a lot of young players who don't know how to win yet, and that really showed this past week in a lot of close games. Not the Golden State game, which I didn't even preview until the end of last week's show because I was like, I'm just going to skip that hell with that. But no, I don't skip anything. I had to come back and do it, and yeah. But the other games. Very winnable games, and the Timberwolves just didn't really seem to know what they're doing. I I, I don't understand. Um, But ultimately, there are veterans who make the same mistakes over and over again, and that is a huge, huge frustration that has pissed me off in a big way, and I was even tweeting about it over the course of this week. We'll talk about that in the fan interaction and such. We're going to keep this a typical three-segment show. The reviews and such, you know, the commentary right now. The reviews won't be as, like, statistical, maybe certain things here and there. But not as much as in the past. we got to keep this more into actual takes and such over what I got over the course of this week and others. But general things that I noticed this week. <sighs> Including the fact, well, obviously Flip Saunders has really never been good in close games either. And I witnessed it for over 100 games in Target Center. And I told my fiancé that, that I was at over 100 games. Over 100 games in the Target Center during the course of a four-year span when I was a season ticket holder back in 1999 through 2002, and then a couple games here and there since. 
Uh, obviously, yeah, I mean, it's not about if you're at the game. It's more about <laughs> if you're watching the game and keeping up with the team and watching the watching every game like I do. That's what it's about. If I if you if you're mad at me for not being at every single game, well, <laughs> okay, uh, you know, it's actually you're actually more likely to keep up with details and such when you're like watching it on TV because there's just more going on per se. There's more analytics and there's obviously 10,000 more camera angles. You just don't see them until they they tell you they're there. <laughs> Some distraction going on. You got Boozer and <laughs> Roy Hibbert going at it in a big way in the background here in studio audience. Lakers and Pacers. Rematch of 2000 finals. But no, it's been a nasty week and pardon me for getting off uh, track here. Just a lot of stuff coming up and thoughts coming into my head as I'm watching and thinking about things after the game, before the game, during the course of the week. Thaddeus Young. Thaddeus Young, a guy who's been kind of uh, somebody who's been kind of my pincushion per se, my whipping boy with the Timberwolves a lot of this season. And I don't mean to be that way. It's, he's not necessarily my whipping boy in st- and such. But it seems like it's been a trend with the Timberwolves for the past several years. Is You bring in these veterans that are supposed to help we're not necessarily asking them to be the overall leader of the team because that's kind of that's kind of crazy, but you do always hear about it in the media and such that oh this guy is going to be like a nice leader for the team. He could even be like a team captain, and then my dumbass buys into it. Real smart, right? That's something I should know better. <laughs> but then again, you want to believe that there are veterans out there that can help lead a young team. Well. Maybe I wasn't so dumb to believe it because, well, Stan Mitchell and Terry Porter did that in the past. It just seems like those kind of guys don't exist anymore. I mean, you bring you bring in veterans like Mo Williams and Thad Young, and it seems like they're just looking for their own shot. It, it really does. And they're making dumb plays. Like, Thaddeus Young in general is constantly making bad slash ill-advised plays. Bad and ill-advised plays. He's never in position to get rebounds. He's rarely in position to do much of anything, and you're constantly hearing Jim Peterson. It seems like he's constantly ragging on Thad Young as much as I am, because he's always like, you know, Thaddeus Young needs to be, needs to get the rebound in that situation. Thaddeus Young needs to be in this position defensively in this situation. Thaddeus Young shouldn't take this shot right there. That is not a smart shot by Thaddeus Young. Thaddeus Young, Thaddeus Young, Thaddeus Young, Thaddeus Young, Thaddeus Young, Thaddeus Young. Yeah, you get the idea. <laughs> the long two-point shots early in the shot clock. What's going on here? Why are you constantly throwing up long two-pointers? Mo Williams, always looking for his shot. If he's making this, if, if he's on, on this particular day or not. And never gives a damn about the shot clock. He will put up long shots with 18 seconds left on the shot clock. Sometimes 20 seconds left on the shot clock. When you're up by three points, down by three points, up by 20, down by 20, this, that, lat. Okay, up by 20, yeah, right. When when was that? But and I'm not trying to be a smartass, not trying to be rude, but it's just we haven't been up by 20, okay? So maybe I'm not trying to be too cynical and sarcastic. We just haven't been up by 20. And you know what? I wish we were. I wish we were blowing people out every night. I wish we were kicking ass. I wish we were we were 25 and, and, and 6 right now. Wouldn't that be awesome? I wish we were staring at those Golden State Warriors and saying, screw you. Splash, brothers. Splash this. We're blowing the dryer on you guys. <laughs> that wasn't too funny, but yeah, it is what it is. Splash this, you know. We got Splash Daniels, man. 
and, and that's a guy I do like. And that's a guy who I think that's another take I'd like, you know, that I've been wanting to get into during the course of this week as well when I was chomping at the bit to get on the microphone to talk Minnesota Timberwolves basketball. And I'll get into that later. i got to be patient. I'm almost jumping ahead here. Let's stay where I'm at. <laughs> Overall, though, this whole week, very sloppy play. Not from, not only from, uh, from the raw guys, the young guys like Zach Levine, Andrew Wiggins, you know, missing layups. You know, Andrew Wiggins is laying up bricks a lot. He doesn't always seem to have that, that intensity that you want from a potential star player and all that. But maybe it's just he's 19, and I'm hoping and praying for that. Hoping and praying for that. We're going to talk more about that, I'm sure, over the course of this season and in future seasons. Hopefully not on the negative, but in the positive side that he's grown from where he is right now, which is kind of like a Ter- Terrell Brandon-type personality. You want to see a little bit little bit more nasty, as uh, Coach Popovich would say. <laughs> Ultimately, though, my frustration is not with the young guys. It's not. How can you get really mad at an Anthony Bennett, necessarily, how can you get mad at Gorgie Zhang or Zach Levine or, of course, Andrew Wiggins? How can you get mad at them when you're seeing veteran players make dumb plays, take dumb shots? It was the same situation when Kevin Martin was healthy. Okay, there were times he was red hot, feed those hot hands. But there are times when he was cold as ice and he was still jacking up the same shots that he's jacking up as if he's red hot. He's just shooting and shooting and shooting. 6 of 21... Three of of 17. I'm sorry, I can't deal with that. It's driving me nuts. It seems like we bring in veterans and then rely on them for things that they don't need to be relied on. Okay, it's not their fault. You want to say that. But, okay, sure, yeah, it's not their fault. But at the same time, what is their fault is the dumb decision making. That's annoying. That's irritating when you see veterans doing that. And that's why I'm always dying to see this veteran go and that veteran go and this veteran go and that veteran go. Because they're taking too many dumb shots. They're not making anybody smarter on the team. Tell me how Thad Young is making anybody smarter right now. Maybe behind the scenes he's helping, but I'm not noticing it, per se. I'm not noticing any leadership on the court. Mo Williams, okay, he talks the talk, but does he walk the walk? I think he jacks up a lot of stupid shots. Now, last night in the Utah game, at the Utah game, per se, which is what I was, he played really, really well in that game, but he was taking the same stupid shots. It's just they just happened to go in. So thanks for making them this time, Mo. We do appreciate it because there are a lot of times he doesn't make those shots. Now, I didn't come on here just to come out and rant and all that good stuff, but it's like you just, I, I, I get tired of the bad veterans that have kind of come and gone with the, the J.J. Bereas, the Luke Ridnowers. Um, Ramon Sessions, who wasn't really much of a veteran, he was, but he was more of a veteran than Rubio at the time, or uh, uh, Johnny Flynn, actually, not Rubio. He never played with Rubio, pardon me. But it's like, it's guys like that that'll just drive you nuts. They take dumb shots. They just wear you out. It gets really old. Corey Brewer did that a lot, too. Now he's at the Houston Rockets and in a better role and all that good stuff. And I'm sure Thad Young would be in a better role and would and all that good stuff. He'd be forced to play better on a team like that. But when you have young guys with a lot of potential, why aren't you playing Anthony Bennett more and limiting Thad Young? I mean, is Thaddeus Young going to help us win more games by jacking up long two-point shots? Is Mo Williams going to help us win more games by chucking up threes with 18 seconds left on the shot clock? Really, though? I mean, is that going to make us better? 
Is that going to help us win more games? Or is that just wasting people's time and energy? That's the point. That's why I rant about the uh, the veterans. That's where I stand with that. I'm going to quickly move on. <laughs> because why run it too long? That's kind of been an issue in the past. That maybe I would run something like that forever. And Marcus would run it back and forth forever. we got to move on. Uh, ultimately, you guys get the point. I made it. And I'm running over it already. The Wolves sign. Miroslav. Redzika. Yahoo. Who's that? Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> Ultimately, the Wolves haven't really seen him yet in action. And actually, it was like a, more of almost like a rumor that he signed or not. It's not, Nothing's really happened yet. The Timberwolves have. Jeff Adrian's still on the roster. He's the only guy we could get rid of in order to acquire a different player. You know what my recommendation is in this case? Just keep Jeff Adrian. I mean, he actually rebounds the basketball, unlike Thaddeus Young. He's a pretty nice defender as well. Nice energy. Uh, why would you bring in a guy who has no defense, no athleticism, uh, yeah, no defense and no athleticism on offense? That confuses me a little bit. So the point of that, I have no idea. I'd rather just keep Jeff Adrian. I mean, it's probably about the same amount of money anyway, which is like a veteran's minimum, like however much time he's been in the league, which isn't enough to garner like a million a year or anything. They're in the hundred thousands, like four hundred to eight hundred range. I mean. <laughs> Just just keep Jeff Adrian. What's the point of bringing in another guy other than maybe you need some more height? But the height doesn't even matter if the guy's not blocking any shots or really much of a rebounder. Just keep Jeff Adrian. Block shots, rebound, energy, maybe even some putbacks, which is nice, which is something Pekovic wouldn't do very much. Like, he'd actually rebound once in a while. He's a better rebounder than Dad Young. But uh, still, uh, just keep Jeff Adrian. That would be my personal recommendation. Not sure they're listening, and I highly doubt they are. I gotta say this also. That's why, ultimately, why this is why right here, this is not gonna be just, oh, just focusing on the negative and pound away, pound away, pound away, pound away, which is why I had to stop there when I was pounding away at Thaddeus Young and Mo Williams and such, and maybe Flip Saunders as well. Is regardless of how awful our record is right now, believe it or not, I feel we have we are we are you know we are in a good place with the young guys, and I prefer not to really trade much of any of them. I'd like to keep a lot of them around and see where we go from there. I mean, the Oklahoma City Thunder, like I've said in the past, were really really awful their first year together when you had Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and and, and others on that roster, Ibaka and such, they were just really young and they didn't know what they're doing but then they did get better and they started winning games like crazy and then next thing you know they were giving the Lakers the fight of their life back when the Lakers were actually a really good team a really, really good team (laughs) you know, not that long ago but yeah, I prefer not to trade Wiggins, of course, Rubio you know, trading Rubio, you're probably not going to get fair value and obviously we just signed him to a long term deal Nice to keep a guy that is a floor general that we're missing also very much, and that's another thing right there that uh, we would actually be winning a lot more games right now if Ricky Rubio was in the lineup. Zach Levine, um, you don't want to trade him unless he wants out per se. But three others here that are under the radar for some, uh, you know, not not others. A lot of people they're not under the radar, but for some people they are, and some of the stuff I've been reading is kind of annoying. But, uh, okay, I'll get to that in a second here. 
Anthony Bennett, Gorgie Zhang, and Shabazz Muhammad. Unless it's a no-brainer type of deal. Like, you know, you kind of have to do that. Like, these guys are obsessed with the, with this guy. You might want to make a move. You, you kind of have to. Like, it would be stupid not to make the move. But, like, a guy like Anthony Bennett, who I think needs to be coached better. I think he needs to be given more of a chance out there. He does some stuff that's strange. It's like he's trying to be kind of a small forward out there when he should just be focusing on being a power forward. But that doesn't mean he can't shoot three-pointers because there's such thing as a stretch four in this league. <laughs> Kevin Love, David Lee, and many, many others. Heck, even <laughs> even Robbie Hummel on a much, much lower scale is a stretch four. I'm not sure why even people consider him a power forward. I think he's a small forward, but I guess we play him at power forward because of the depth situation and such. Doesn't rebound or anything, and not much of a defender, but he'll hit an occasional three, and maybe a layup or dunk here and there. But no, Anthony Bennett, obviously very athletic, so you have that. The rebounds and the putbacks and the block shots here and there. But uh, the post-up game, I think, can still come together for Anthony Bennett. And I'm not ready to move on him. And I've said this in the past, and I'll say it again. Nothing wrong with starting a guy like Anthony Bennett and maybe even have Thad Young come off the bench and still play major minutes if if need be. And that doesn't mean Anthony Bennett has to like <laughs> play 48 minutes and everything and if his numbers aren't perfect the whole time that, up oh, he's a bust, get him out of here. Because I think his numbers would come around. I think the time would come, he would start getting double-doubles. And then there you go. Then you got something to build with right there. When I read posts on Facebook pages that are Timberwolves related. When I read posts that Anthony Bennett, Gorgie Zhang, and, well, it's just those two. I almost said Shabazz. No, they didn't say that about him. But Anthony Bennett and Gorgie Zhang are not even worthwhile players in the NBA. What the hell are you talking about? For one, Anthony Bennett hasn't even had enough of a sample size for you to even say that. Just because Flip's not playing him doesn't mean he sucks. Secondly, Gorgie Zhang doesn't deserve minutes in the league. Are you insane or just stupid? I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I stayed away from the argument. I just kind of kept... I just kind of moved on and didn't say anything. But boy, oh boy. Did I want to say something? Oh, yeah. And I guess I can say it for the airwaves. You're an idiot. And your basketball education doesn't come up to my ankle. And I'm going to say that straight out right here, right now. Your basketball education doesn't come up to my ankle. So there it is. <laughs> um, Anthony Bennett has a place in this league, without a doubt. And Gorgie Zhang absolutely has a place in this league. Is he clumsy? Is he sloppy? Yeah, yes he is. But that doesn't mean he's going to get worse. That doesn't mean he's not going to get better. <laughs> And that doesn't mean he's not already a productive player in this league. I mean, he deserves to play. Especially, I mean, obviously, Pekovic is out and all that good stuff. So it's like, oh, Gorgie's playing because Pekovic is out. No, Gorgie should be playing a significant amount of minutes, even with Pekovic in. Because in a lot of ways, Gorgie Zhang is a better player than Nikola Pekovic. Just because Pekovic can score inside doesn't mean he's way better than Gorgie Zhang. Because Pekovic is or Nikola's, or whatever you want to call him. I shouldn't say the same word a million times. He doesn't. He's not even a post-up player, really. All he does is put up hook shots. He doesn't even really post up like a real post player. When he did, he was fantastic, but he stopped doing it. 
he stopped doing it. He just kind of went to the baby hook. Baby hook, baby hook, baby hook. And then the occasional, once in a while, up and under. But overall, for the majority of the season when he actually was healthy out there, he stunk. His defense was non-existent and his offense, well, he was getting a shot blocked on a regular basis. It's as if any form of athleticism that he may had, which was minimal to begin with, was like gone. It's like he was getting stuffed beyond belief on a day-to-day basis. It was impossible to watch. It was so frustrating. You should have heard the rants Marcus the Forecaster was making at the time. I wish we were recording. Because <laughs> they weren't too vulgar. He was just frustrated and uh, analytical and uh, very, very uh, pointed remarks towards Nikola Pagovic. He flat stunk to start out the season. Ultimately, i got to say this. Please be patient with Anthony Bennett, Flip Saunders, and others. Hearing people say him and Gorgie aren't worthy minutes is just stupid, man. It, it really is. They have no These people have no idea what they're talking about. They really don't. Um, hearing Flip Saunders talk, talk by basically earlier in the year did scare me. Obviously, no more, no more three-pointers from Bennett, but also another thing that I heard at the time, hopefully, hopefully he can be somewhat of a player in this league. It was basically around those lines. Like, hopefully he can develop into a rotation player. Is that all you're looking for from Anthony Bennett? You don't have any higher expectations than a rote than hopefully a rotation player. Hopefully, not he can be a rotation player. It was hopefully a rotation player. So you're saying there's no chance Anthony Bennett could start in this league at the power forward position? You're saying his skills are that limited? You're saying his development is that well much of a lost cause already? I'm not ready to say that. I'm just not. I think he needs to be coached better. <laughs> I think I think he should have been more ready to play in this league. Yes, that would have been nice, without a doubt. I do believe he's not worthy of a number one overall pick. But I think, ultimately, Anthony Bennett could be very much worthy of a top ten pick at the time if coached correctly and, well, told where to focus his game. Inside, outside, inside, outside, mid-range, long twos, no, no way. Anthony Bennett did hit a nice three-point shot against the Golden State Warriors. It was almost as if, like, screw it, I'm going to take the three regardless if Flip wants me to or not, and he nailed it. So that was nice. That doesn't mean he's this clutch three-point shooter, but it does mean that he does have that to his game, and I think he deserves the opportunity to take at least a couple a game particularly when he gets playing time more than, you know, four minutes here and here and there. And he also does need to stay healthy, <laughs> in all fairness. Health health was a concern early on, just kind of in and out with sore knees and such. That was utterly frustrating, and I know that's part of it on occasion, but ultimately, a lot of times, it's just Flip not playing him, even with a depleted roster, and that sucks, in my humble opinion. And I am also looking forward to adding another big piece in the draft because the Timberwolves are going to get another big piece in the draft. Will it be Okafer? Who knows? And we'll, we'll get more into the draft as time comes. Let's focus more on the here and now because there's a lot of quote-unquote draft picks, well, quote-unquote, like actual draft picks on the roster right now that are developing. It's more fun to focus on the current young guys that are developing because we have so many on the roster already. You have draft picks. Like, imagine we got Anthony Bennett 8th overall. I'm just imagining that right now. That's just throwing out that number. Andrew Wiggins was the number one was the number one overall pick, and well, he's probably going to be rookie of the year. 
he's going to get it handed to him on a silver platter now because of the other two of the other like star rookies are out for the season in, in Randall and, of course, Parker, Jabari Parker in Milwaukee, who would have been... It would have been a one-two battle with Parker and Wiggins most of the season. And Wiggins at times took the lead, and at times he relinquished it. It's a kind of an up-and-down thing when you have 19-year-olds. They're not going to go out and dominate. Really looking forward to Wiggins, how he's going to develop in time. Because the guy you're seeing right now, and the guy I saw last night, is a very skilled player. But it's still, <laughs> still a lot more to come from, from Andrew Wiggins than you're seeing right now. And it's going to be a lot of fun to see without a doubt. Even PJ Carlissimo was nice enough to mention that when he was on the Mackey and Judge show not too long ago, he was saying, the Andrew Wiggins you're seeing right now, you're going to see a much different Andrew Wiggins in a couple of years. A completely different version. Very cool. Very cool, because he was with the Oklahoma City Thunder. He compared the Timberwolves that way as well. He was with them at the beginning, and he was like, wow, this guy's going to be something. Like, not, not today, but soon. It's going to be awesome. And he feels the same way about Andrew Wiggins. That is awesome. Looking forward to Ricky Rubio's return. It should be fairly soon. That's the good news. <laughs> when you're talking about the Timberwolves and some organization and some lack of being sloppy out there. Maybe even some guys like getting more points like an Anthony Bennett and Andrew Wiggins and Zach Levine. <laughs> it's going to be fun. And maybe some smarter shot attempts from guys like Thaddeus Young. And and if they put Mo Williams and Rubio together, maybe Mo could be kind of like a temporary shooting guard, even though Wiggins has been there most of the season now. With uh, well, pretty much after Brewer being gone, Wiggins is the shooting guard for the time being. So it'll be nice to see Rubio back. We're just not quite there yet, unfortunately. Let's look at the games in general. A one hundred and ten to ninety seven loss to the Golden State Warriors, Saturday, December twenty seventh. It was what I thought it was, just an ass-kicking type of game. The Wolves looked good early, but then right away, the Warriors just kind of took over and beat up the Wolves. But it was nice to see Anthony Bennett hit a three-pointer. I guess that was kind of the highlight of the game for me. No, no, it wasn't. (laughs) Zach Levine getting 14 assists. That was awesome. He did have five turnovers, though, which sucked, and that was another reason the Wolves struggled in this one. 24 turnovers overall. The Warriors were just gobbling up the passing lane and then making everything in sight. I mean, I'm surprised the Warriors didn't score 130 points in this game. I thought that's actually where they were headed at this point. Andrew Wiggins, no energy. 3 of 6 from the floor, 10 points. Mm. And 3 turnovers and 1 rebound and 1 assist. Huh. <laughs> Nothing really to brag about here. The Wolves shot 44% overall, but they did shoot 42% from 3. But that's because Splash Dan debuted in a very nice way and made all 4 of his 3-pointers. He's got a very quick release, and that ball hits the net very, very quickly. Zach Levine's 14 assists was really a major, major positive coming out of this game. I really enjoyed it, and I think a lot of other people did as well. Even Thaddeus Young had actually a pretty good game for his standards, except for, well, oh, that's right. He turned the ball over four times. Uh, So he looked good on the offensive side, not good on the not good in protecting the ball and the defense just non-existent throughout the game. Open threes, open lanes. It was uh, quite a bummer, without a doubt. For some reason, it felt like, yeah, it felt like Draymond Green scored like 100 points, but it was more actually his steals and blocks. Defensively, the guy was just murdering us, and he even got six assists in the game. Six steals for Green, three blocks. 
it felt like he did way more than he did. But, man, he was unbelievable. That's a guy I would kill to have on the Wolves. And I do think Anthony Bennett could develop into a guy like that very easily, if not more. Um, the highlight for <laughs> the highlight of the game was Bennett's three. No, it wasn't. It was Troy. It was uh, Zach Levine's fourteen assists. But it was nice to see Bennett shoot that ball with confidence and to see it go right down the net without a doubt. There, nothing but net. <laughs> Thursday, January first. No, Tuesday, December thirtieth for uh, first here. Before we ring in the new year, Minnesota heads to Utah. They looked awesome the entire game. And I mean the whole game. They kicked butt up by 20 points, 18 points, and all that stuff, only to watch it evaporate before our eyes. Shabazz Muhammad was unbelievable the whole time, though, leading the way until that fateful, awful (laughs) second half of the fourth quarter. I mean, it was just devastating. The Wolves just coughed this one up in a big way. Like, really, midway through the third and then the rest of the fourth, Utah just took over the game. The Wolves just turned the ball over time and time again. Jazz went on an 18-0 run at one point. Wolves couldn't score for the life of them. All of a sudden, they went from scoring like crazy to doing nothing. And there were dumb decisions made. No foul was made when the, uh, the Jazz were up by two points. With, with 14 seconds left, no fouls were made. You have guys like Thad Young and Mo Williams on the floor, and they're not instructing the young guys to foul. I mean, I, I just don't understand that when you have veterans on the floor like that. Absolutely ridiculous. So that's another thing that drives me nuts. Those guys were on the floor, and nothing was done about it. And the Wolves ultimately waste time, too much time, and the Jazz win the game. <sighs> they win the game despite the fact the Wolves were up by 20 points at one point in this one. 194. Ridiculous and frustrating. Shabazz Muhammad. 3 of 6, or 5 of 6 from 3 point range, 30 points in the game. Andrew Wiggins, good. Not not amazing, but good. And of course, the free throw shooting has plagued the Wolves throughout the season. Another 71% game, and this was not one of their bad ones necessarily, but that's pretty much been the theme. About 60 something percent. The entire year at the line. It's just driving me nuts. The Wolves host the Sacramento Kings. On Thursday. New Year's Day. January 1st. And you saw Derek Williams hit a three-pointer. <laughs> One that really changed the momentum of the game. For a lot of us. <laughs> for the Timberwolves in general. He had a 17-point game. He started at forward in this one too. At power forward, believe it or not. 17 points. He made half of his threes and made more than half of his shots. Uh, and Darren Collison was unbelievable. He's certainly come around from where he was a couple of years ago with Indiana. Starting to look like the, uh, a nice point guard again, like a lot of us thought he was becoming. DeMarcus Cousins followed out in the game. Rudy Gay followed out in the game. And the Wolves still could not get the job done down the stretch. Huge frustration for all of us here in town. And Andrew Wiggins had a big, big game. 27 points, made half of his shots. 11 of 22, even made more than half of his free throws, but throughout the game, another mediocre effort at the free throw line, 72%. It's not necessarily the reason we lost, but it sure didn't help. Just poor execution down the stretch, and uh, no veteran leadership as far as I'm concerned. Troy Daniels, 3 of 7 from the floor, when he, uh, just continuing to shoot the lights out from the three-point line, but certainly not the case last night when the Utah Jazz came back to town Saturday, January the 3rd, 
101-89, Minnesota. Pretty much non-factors the whole time. I mean, they, they kind of hung in. The game was extremely boring the first quarter, for sure. Only 20-21. to 21. Nobody was making a shot for the Wolves. It was just brick, brick, brick. And the Jazz were not making too many shots, but then they'd start, then they'd make a three, then they'd walk into the lane and get a layup like it was nothing. But like I said earlier, Mo Williams was the best player on the floor, which kind of frustrating seeing that. <laughs> I mean, good for him. I'm glad he was able to play well. Andrew Wiggins was solid, not bad. But again, nothing. nobody really majorly stood out in this one. Just nobody was making shots. That was pretty much the key of the game. The Wolves were not making any shots. Open, covered, whatever. And then the Jazz started just rolling past us. And the Wolves went from being within four points to down by 20. And then they kind of made a cute little comeback. And then one note (laughs) came out of the game that just makes you kind of... It just makes you cry when you hear this. Oh, Pimbrels are down by 10 points, folks. Make some noise. Like, we're back in it, baby. We're down by 10 points. We're only down by 10. I mean, you know, that's not easy to come back from 10, you know? <laughs> and the, and it's like, wow, we're in the game now. We're down by 10. And yeah, you're in the game. You're, you're within reach, per se. But <laughs> to act like, wow, here we are. That would be like it's like a one-point game against the Golden State Warriors or something on the road. Maybe, okay, here we go. Rock and roll, we're in this thing. But you're down by 10 against Utah at home on a Saturday night, and we're making like, hell yeah, here we go. Huh. Ugh. I, I don't know. I mean, and the energy in the building, not not good. I mean, the fans were pretty quiet, pretty, pretty well seated, not standing at all pretty much the whole game. That was something, that's another thing I come out of there not feeling too good about. But it is what it is. I understand people are not uh, <laughs> not too optimistic with the current situation, the current season per se. The long-term situation, people are very optimistic. But obviously the game itself, people not as excited. So there you go. Let's just wrap that up. Just they didn't shoot well, and that's all there is to it. They shot under 40% in the game. But they actually made some free throws finally. <laughs> Go figure. It is what it is. Let's just get to the uh, let's just get to the Lone Wolf and Johnny Flynn Award. I'm gonna give the Lone Wolf. Well, I'm gonna give it to Andrew Wiggins. He outplayed the team. The other he pretty much was the best player this past week. He had a nice couple of games. Per se, particularly against the Kings, he was good against the Jazz. Shabazz Muhammad was doing well, did almost nothing last night. Almost a complete non-factor, only 8 points, 3 of 9 from the floor, only 1 rebound. Didn't play well at all against Utah. I mean, you barely even noticed him. So he is, uh, so uh, Andrew Wiggins is going to steal the lone wolf away from Shabazz Muhammad. And we're going to pass out the Johnny Flynn Memorial. Well, I will give it to since I almost have to I'm going to give it to Thaddeus Young just not been playing well in general When and when he does play well he's turning the ball over like crazy not rebounding and last night just he, it's, he, he just he's just a hologram nothing, no defense whatsoever one rebound in 24 minutes whatever man one rebound in 24 minutes just a complete just a complete non-factor so that's where that's where I stand with 
Thaddeus Young and the Timberwolves in this one. There it is. Let's take a break and let's come back and do some previews. Ah, winter and snow are back again. Nothing tastes better this time of year than Vanilla Bean Buffalo Sweat by Tall Grass Beer from Manhattan, Kansas. This Vanilla Bean edition of Buffalo Sweat literally warms your innards in this outstanding stout with that warming vanilla kick. Don't forget to try 8-Bit Pale Ale, the official beer of this podcast. When you see Pac-Man licking his chops, you found an amazing can and an even better beer. Check out the many other wonderful beers Tallgrass offers on their website at www.tallgrassbeer.com. Use their beer locator to see what's available in your area. You can follow Tallgrass on Twitter at TallgrassMN and like them on Facebook. Simply search for Tallgrass Minnesota. Tallgrass Beer, bringing people together over a beer since 2007. Too busy to sit in front of a computer? Simply download Timberwolves Explosion on iTunes for Apple devices. For Android, download the Double Twist app. And for Windows and Blackberry phones, simply find us in the store. And now, back to Paladino Joey and Marcus the Forecaster. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion preview segment, segment number two, Monday, January the 5th, the Minnesota Timberwolves host the Denver Nuggets, so we got a couple more home games coming up, hopefully we can get some type of win out of here, and I know we're all after the ping pong balls and all that good stuff, I get that, but it'd be nice to get some kind of win, you don't want to lose like every single game, do you? And it certainly doesn't guarantee you the first pick in the draft, because a lot of times the worst, you know, the team with the worst record doesn't get the first pick, in fact you wind up with three or four oh goody and it's always some bullcrap team like Chicago that's like maybe they're having a down year because of an injury and they're like maybe the 10th team projected and they get number one and it's always like that it's a bunch of bull like watch Indiana will get it or something so yes Denver Nuggets come to town oh goody Ty Lawson and the like they're only 14 and 20 on the season and they're coming to Minnesota you hope you can carve out something here Timberwolves earlier in the season played against the Denver Nuggets back on December the 26th and they were in it the whole game and lost and that was very recent. I I just don't know what to make anymore. I mean, I want to pick wins. I want to be optimistic about this season per se, but well, the good news is we can be optimistic about the future and still rant and, and whine and complain about the current season because I don't see a whole lot of wins. I mean, Denver's going to out-rebound Thaddeus Young. When, when you have a guy like Thaddeus Young at power forward, and then you're going against Kenneth Fareed, who's going to get like 70 rebounds like he did last time. He had like 26 rebounds the Wolves played him. I'm not going to pick the Wolves to win the game. So, Denver's flat-out going to win the game. It's going to be a triple-digit type of game. Nothing like, hopefully not a complete blowout or anything. I think the Wolves will actually play competitively in the game, but at the end they won't get it done because they won't get the key rebounds down the stretch. Denver Nuggets win 103-99. It'll be a close game again. 103-99. Denver Nuggets win. Three-pointers from Lawson. Stuff like that. You know, Lawson's always trying to rub it in our face. And Kenneth Reed is an energy guy beyond belief. A guy who can rebound beyond human recognition. And even J.J. Hickson. Who knows? Maybe he'll get another, like, big-time block. Who knows? And Timothy Mozgov. He always gets 100 rebounds against us as well. Wilson Chandler can hit the three. 
and even Aaron Afalo can is also having a down year. But with that, Denver wins the game by four. A fairly close game, but another just freaking loss for the Wolves. It'll be kind of like the, well, kind of like a Sacramento game, we'll say. So maybe it'll be higher scoring. <laughs> Phoenix Suns come to town Wednesday, January the seventh. Phoenix Suns. That game's been all over promotions and such. Because a lot of people like to watch the Suns, even though they're not the most exciting team in the history of the mankind. You know, they're, they're just not, even though they have, well, they have Eric Bledsoe and Gorgon Dragic. Another reason I don't think the Wolves will win this one. I mean, Phoenix Suns are just, you know, they're, they've got a lot of good shooters. And Minnesota doesn't seem to play well against shooters. And again, we don't rebound against power forwards. So it's like, no wonder we're losing a million games in a row. Because we're not stopping the shooters in the perimeter. And we're not rebounding the basketball. It's like, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. I mean, you're not good on the outside or the inside. So, of course, you're going to be some kind of crappy record and you're going to struggle. Phoenix Suns, 20-16. and 16, Fairly competitive, but certainly on the outside looking in because the Western Conference is ridiculous right now. I mean, good, good luck winning the Western Conference or even making the playoffs right now. No matter how optimistic we are here in Minnesota, it's going to be tough to make the postseason. And the reason for the promotions is this game will be on ESPN. So luckily the Minnesota Timberwolves will get some national recognition on ESPN. And they'll get their first look of uh, Andrew Wiggins on ESPN. So that's cool. Is that, that's who they were showing. It's nice to know we have some. Uh, we have a face of the franchise even before he's become a full-blown star in this league. Nice to know that he is somewhat of an attraction despite the not-so-good record. I think the Suns win, unfortunately, and I'm not trying to be bad. It's just, it is what it is. And the Wolves will get to 13 losses in a row. I mean, I, I, I want to predict a win so bad. But last night's complete lack of energy, when you'd lost 10 games in a row, to have no real desire to put an end to it, that bugged me last night. And it's got me feeling the vibe like these guys aren't going to really wake from their, their uh, hibernation period that they're in right now. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong, but I think the Suns will score like they always do, and it'll be something like, well, this one won't be as high scoring, so watch me be way off. It's going to be 98-90. to 90. Phoenix Suns win that one, 98-90. to 90. It'll be lower scoring for some strange reason. I think both teams will struggle from the floor. Milwaukee Bucks. Minnesota heads to Milwaukee. I'd like to believe this will be a win. I would. I would very much like to believe this will be a win. And you know what? Dare I be optimistic and pick a win here? Well, the Bucks are struggling a little bit. They're at 500. They're not as good as they've been. <laughs> I want to pick a win. I, I really do. But it's like, you know, I kind of don't see one right now. I'm thinking the Wolves are going to really... They're going to get to a pretty big losing streak here, and, and it sucks. It, it's going to end eventually, and things will feel a little better, but I, I don't know. I mean... Milwaukee's got some nice players. They got the Greek freak. OJ Mayo's having an okay to a to slightly good year. Brandon Knight's been really good. <laughs> Ilasova's out. Uh, Larry Sanders had been sick, but he's kind of back at it again. Obviously, Parker's out for the year. That's the one thing that might kind of help the Wolves, I guess. But it would have been nice to see Parker and Wiggins going at it. In fact, I would have enjoyed that, even though it's probably not going to be too special. Um... I would have liked to have seen that matchup. But instead, we'll see the Greek Freak go against Wiggins. That'll be nice. Um, it's a road game for the Wolves. The Bucks just recently won, so now they're above 500 again. It literally just is updating right before my eyes here. 
I I think the Bucks win, and I hate saying it. I I really do. And the way they beat the Wolves' butts really bad in the Target Center back in back around Thanksgiving, one hundred three to eighty six. That doesn't sit well with me. So I don't think the Wolves are going to win in Phoenix or Phoenix. I don't think the Wolves are going to win in Milwaukee either. It's going to be one hundred to ninety. No one, yeah, one hundred to ninety will be my prediction. So the Wolves will play a little bit better. They'll be competitive, but they won't make enough shots. They'll continue to struggle from the floor at times. They will miss some free throws, and the Bucks will make the shots that uh, that they need to to win that game. Unfortunately. And then the Wolves host the San Antonio Spurs Saturday, January the 10th. That'll be the final preview here. Just making sure I preview enough games here before the next show. Because i got to think I'll be recording by that point. <laughs> oh, goody. The Spurs come to Minnesota. They haven't been playing particularly well lately. That's the good news. And i got to think the Wolves will be beyond frustrated. They're going to be pissed off. They're going to want to... Like, win a game, for God's sakes. <laughs> and already the uh, picks and odds on Yahoo have 100% Spurs, 0% Timberwolves. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Wolves will win this one either. I think we get to 15 losses in a row. Is that Am I being a jerk or am I, or am I being a realist? Yeah, we're not going to beat the Spurs. I mean, they lost by 30 in Minnesota earlier this season. And they lost by 22 in San Antonio. And it's just a meh effort in San Antonio, December the 6th. Oh, I mean, even though the Spurs aren't aren't playing particularly well, I'd love to come out and say the Wolves win this one. But barring, barring, <laughs> barring the Spurs Popovich this one and sit down like the Duncans, Parkers, and, and Ginobili's of the world, guys like that, barring they, they uh, if they Popovich this one, the Wolves win. I'll just say that the Wolves will win something like, like ninety eight to ninety eight to ninety something like that, <laughs> ninety eight to ninety four something like that. But if the if the Spurs play their main guys and such, they're gonna win like one. They're gonna win like one ten to ninety. That's what's gonna happen in my humble opinion. It'll be like one hundred and ten to ninety. Spurs will get well over a hundred, and the Wolves will not even make a hundred. It's gonna be one of those games. Maybe maybe it'll be 120 to 100, something like that. But I think the Spurs roll over the Timberwolves like they always do. Same old story, 20-point game. And the Wolves will get to 15 losses in a row. Not trying to be a... Uh, not trying to be negative. I'm just telling you what I see. And the schedule's not easy here. <laughs> I, I would love to pick the, the Wolves over the Denver Nuggets. And I think they can win that game. But... I don't know. It's the whole Kenneth Fareed versus uh, Thaddeus Young factor. I, I just have no faith in that guy, man. Thaddeus Young. I have no faith in him. I don't. I don't know. I mean, why is he starting at power forward? Right. You know. I. I just don't understand how you can start a guy that doesn't rebound the ball and his, his defense isn't even good either. He'll take away the passing lane sometimes, but guys just walk right around him. So my confidence is really low, and I'm getting the vibe that there is some kind of disconnect somewhere. And I, I I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think the veterans have checked out, and their attitude is not good. <laughs> and I think the young guys' confidence are, are down. And that's going to happen in this type of situation. So, unfortunately, things aren't going to get any better for the Timberwolves. But at some point, <laughs> poss- probably next week they'll end it, but not this coming week. Unfortunately, they'll end the losing streak. 
Maybe against Denver. Their best chance is against Denver, and that would be right away tomorrow night. Hopefully that is the case. So with that, we'll end on that hopeful note. (laughs) That hopeful note. And come back for a brief fan interaction and call it a show. shop on Amazon? Did you know that you could support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Contact us and support Timberwolves Explosion by liking us on Facebook and following at Wolves Explosion on Twitter. Don't forget to call into our phone lines at 209-736-7877. That's 209-736-7877. And we are back on Timberwolves Explosion fan interaction segment. This should be fairly brief, especially the Facebook part. Maybe a little bit going on on Twitter. But, uh... So on the Facebook page, I posted the article, Ricky Rubio should be back in mid-January, and that's the hope, and that will be a very happy time for all of us here in this town. Nobody responded. I'm kind of surprised by that, but it is what it is. (laughs) Everybody, yeah, you just forgot to, damn it. That's what you did. Stop forgetting. Okay. (laughs) You know, I'd like, yeah, I I love when Hank McCoy posts on you, because he always has, uh, like when he asks questions and stuff, Hank, if you're you're listening, and I hope and pray you are, (laughs) because if you're not, that would really be... A big bummer for myself and and probably many others as well. Uh, we could really, uh, yeah, I mean, I post another question on here sometimes. I mean, that would be great. Be a nice contribution to the show. I really appreciate it when you did. But I do appreciate the people that did contribute along the way. Tanae Brown, back in, back like not too long ago, was saying today was the first time I've ever walked away from a Wolves game. And, man, I mean, I can't even imagine the frustration there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, yeah. I don't even walk away either, and it's crazy. But, yeah, I, it's hard to believe. Vince Germano talking about the Warriors game was saying, couple of nice positives from today's game against the Golden State Warriors, Levine and Daniels. And, yes, Splash Daniels is what I call him. That's my nickname for him. But, yeah, last night I didn't even mention it. And it's just like there's so many other things here and there. But, yeah, Daniels 0 for 8 from the floor last night, 0 for 5 from 3. That sucks. Wow, I mean, hopefully he gets back on track there, but uh, that was kind of surprising to see that after the sharp shooting he'd had. But yeah, Levine and his 14 assists and Daniels making all his threes. He's got a nice, he's got nice form, and he's a guy that I would like to keep long-term as well. When this team gets better, when the Timberwolves do get better, I want Splash Daniels, as I call him, <laughs> Splash Daniels. <laughs> hopefully you don't mind that, Troy Daniels to be on the roster, because he's the kind of guy I'd like to see develop with the young guys, develop with them, develop chemistry with them, because he's the kind of guy that can help you win playoff games someday, years from now, with that clutch, or not clutch, but that dot hands and such. He's not a streaky guy, per se. He seems like he seems like more of a pure shooter, but last night, I'm not sure what the hell that was all about. I just got the vibe. That whole building was just dead last night. The players were dead, and so were the fans. 
So I suppose it rubbed off on Troy Daniels. Sebastian, or Seb- why am I calling him Sebastian? Vince Germano, apologize for that, saying, remember when I said Shabazz was going to be a really good score for you guys on a courtside draft show? Man, I love being right. Yeah, and he is a really good scorer, without a doubt. He had that 30-point game against the Utah Jazz the other night, and overall, Sabaz Muhammad has been fantastic for the Timberwolves the past several weeks now, and very cool. I'm glad you were right, Vince. I'm absolutely glad you're right. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what was I saying? Yeah, I was telling him, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just annoyed with how stupid the whole team is. They have no idea what to do in a close game. I'm at a point that I want to tell Thad Young to just go home like we did with Mark Blunt. And yeah, I would like to tell Thaddeus Young to just go home and just not play anymore. But I suppose I'm not the guy writing the checks. So that probably would not go over well with Mr. Glenn Taylor, the owner. (laughs) Probably not, right? Is that a safe assumption? Is that a safe assumption that Glenn Taylor would be like, Ah, uh, you know, uh, Joey, uh, you're not the one spending $9 million. Uh. Okay, sorry. No, I'm losing my mind. Uh, what else is new? I mean, how can you not lose your mind when, when you're watching these guys brick shots, miss layups, miss free throws, and then get scorched on a nightly basis? Yeah, it gets old. It just is what it is. So let's see where we were here. Uh, there's kind of some back and forth here and there. Rube Chat. Yeah, I like him. Hopefully he listens. Hopefully he listens. I'll start with Jay Candy. At Jay Candy 47 was saying, he agrees with me because I was talking about Flip's treatment of Anthony Bennett is embarrassing. What the hell is what the hell is going on? He's killing his confidence. Jay Candy saying, I totally agree with you. He is probably the best outside shooter on the team. Wow. But if he misses one, Flip mentions him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, I didn't even retweet this guy. I feel bad about that, Jay Candy. Hopefully you're a listener, and I really appreciate what you had to say there. That's a gold star. <laughs> if there's a gold star for this show, that's the one. For, like, my Purple Mafia gold star, Jay Candy, that's an instant gold star right there. He gets he gets it. Uh, Michael Brandt, Bryant saying, we so need Ricky. And I, and I agree. <laughs> I agree, we so need Ricky. Rube Chat was saying, oh, we've been terrible for a few months because I was thinking, why are we getting our ass kicked by the Kings? Interesting conversation brought up by Wolves Slate Blue. He was asking, he was asking this not directly to me, but I kind of jumped in the conversation. Gold championship tag on the Sacramento Kings jerseys? When the heck did they win a title? And my response was this, and yeah, I mean, it's true, I didn't have to look it up. I I just know it from the record because I remember I have a big, well, I have the big records where you go all the way back to, you know, the 40s and 50s, the Rochester Royals. The Sacramento Kings have moved several times. They moved and became the Kansas City Royals at one point, And then ultimately the Sacramento Kings instead of the Royals, but still the same idea. But the Rochester Royals did win a championship back in the back in the 50s or even the, the late 40s. It's in there. Wolf Slate Blue said that that is a stretch. It's a stretch, but it's true. It's true. The Rochester Royals won a championship. And yeah, that's like several generations ago, and two moves ago as well. The Kansas City Royals and the Sacramento Kings, almost the Seattle Supersonics 2.0, which is kind of funny. Uh, Rube Chat was saying he wants as many losses as possible. It's all about these ping pong balls, and that'd be nice, I suppose, because I was saying, yeah, we could really use Ogafer 
Rube Chat, at KFN Rube Chat was saying, I wouldn't be calling for the tank if we weren't down three starters. If we could get Okafor on the team, we will be set. And I was like, yeah, I totally agree there. Without a doubt, Jose Garros was saying, let's see, where was it? Oh, yeah. He was, uh, let's see, Rob, the Sports Minnesota, was saying, how can anyone like like Peter Pan Cousins, how can anybody like him? He will never grow up. And Jose was saying, he did briefly with Malone. Now he's, again, a nervous crybaby. And that's true. Yeah, that's true for a very short time indeed. Mm-hmm. That's when I uh, retweeted Rob. That's got that conversation started briefly there. Thomas Gorgon saying... He's no Wesley Johnson, that's for sure. <laughs> and that's like wink, wink. Obviously, that uh, Cousins is much better than Wesley Johnson. <clears throat> uh-huh. And his conversation is making fun of that. Uh, Peggy Bose saying more like a whiny little baby. That being uh, Mr. Mr. Uh, Demarcus Cousins, and then Stephen Steve McPherson, Stephen Stephen Steve Venturus, Steve Venturus at Steve Venturus. That's how you say it. Yeah, the Twitter. <laughs> I was trying to get it right. Posts a picture of, you know, to myself and Peggy Bose of DeMarcus Cousins holding a little blonde girl. A little blonde girl, a little baby. So that's kind of funny. As if it's kind of like saying he's a mighty little baby. <laughs> oh, John Palm was saying, it's true and it makes me sad because I was saying, can I say this? Thad Young is a bad veteran. Too many stupid habits for what he's supposed to be. Unacceptable. Yep, I mean, I totally feel that. I got a response to that somewheres along the way. Oh, Vince said it. I think you're a tad harsh on him. Agree with the rebounding side of this game, though. Yeah, I mean, the guy drove me nuts. Someone else said something, and it's missing. Here we go. Yeah, jmoneysports.com was saying, great third option on a good team, but not a leader for a young squad. I strongly agree with the not not a leader on a young squad. Great third option, I suppose he would have to be, well, the other two guys have to be really, really good. And one of them would have to be a really good rebounder, I would think. Or somebody on the team would have to be a really good rebounder. And yeah, it's not all about the rebounding. It's just, you know, the bad shots and stuff. See, when you have good players around, Thad Young probably wouldn't take as many bad shots. That's the key. But at the same time, you still limit his role if you're the head coach. So a lot of that kind of comes back on Flip Saunders. He's been notorious for this, as was Rick Edelman in the past, being way too dependent on limited veteran players. It's just, it's it's not good. And I know, I know that's kind of how it goes, but keep them in their role and give some of the young guys some extra shots instead of having them only shoot like four shots here and there. It just drives me nuts. Uh, only a couple more from Vince here. Vince was saying he would happily take, he would happily take um, Thaddeus Young, when I was saying even Pete was, was constantly questioning him, I'll happily take him, but you got to throw in Rubio. It's like, look at this guy. So Rubio's my boy, would love the kid on my Lakers. And I said, for who? Take your pick, says Vince. And I said, Julius Randle. And he's just simply, ha. <laughs> so a little back and forth there going on. I probably didn't need to read the whole thing, but, uh, you know, we're wrapping up the show. Might as well say that. And, Shoutouts without a doubt. Hank McCoy, Vince Germano, the Courtside Podcast. Well more than worth a listen. Highly recommended on iTunes. Download it immediately and listen to it. They just released a new mini-sode, I believe. More 
<laughs> yup, 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 it's a mini-sode. I mean, I know they released something, but I, yeah, yeah, it was a mini-sode. And the crossover podcast, also available on the sportsstuff.com. Oh, man, gotta love that show as well. New York Knicks, Brooklyn Nets, Rusty and PMAC, both from Australia, just like Hank McCoy and Vince Germano. Oh, my, just some two wonderful shows. If you can't get enough basketball, well, even if you can get enough basketball, still listen to those shows because they're more more than worth listening to. You will love them in a great way. Thank you again for listening. Please rate Timberwolves Explosion on iTunes. I would appreciate it oh so very much. Give me a nice rating, and I will give you I'll give you a shout out on the show, and you'll probably get a gold star as well. So thank you again for listening. We're gonna wrap things up. Hope hopefully the Wolves do end the, the losing streak somewhere along the way. Yes, ping pong balls are nice, and we're gonna have a decent number of ping pong balls. We'll be in the top five without a doubt. I gotta think in the ping pong ball category. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're one or five in the ping pongs. It matters in the ping pong ball amount. It matters which one gets drawn first. And hopefully that is indeed the Timberwolves at the end of the day. So with that, do take care, everybody. We'll be back in a week.